Hi, folks. Welcome to Job Board Geek, the podcast about the business of connecting employers and candidates. I'm Jeff Dickey Chasens, the Job Board Doctor. I'm one of the hosts, and the other host is Stephen Rothberg of College Recruiter. Hey, Stephen, how you doing? I am doing really well today, Jeff. Good to good to talk to you again. We have a great guest today, uh, Dave Jenkins of Wave. He is a self admitted Job Board Geek, so this is going to be. The meeting of three job board geeks in one one virtual space should just blow everyone's mind. But um, Stephen, before we do that, I just wanted to sort of pick your brain a little bit. I saw a notice about, it's actually a very old company, Backstage. It used to be a newspaper and uh, came out in the 60s. It's now basically one of the, uh, an employment platform for people that are in film and the stage and all sorts of creative things. And they just picked up another company called ShareGrid out of Seattle. And ShareGrid actually runs this marketplace for film and photo equipment rentals. And it really got me to thinking, you know, that's kind of an interesting thing for a job board, essentially, to buy, kind of buy something that looks like a job board, but is dealing with uh, specific tools that are used in the industry. And it made me think that that's something I don't see a lot of in, in our industry, where a job board will look at acquisition as a way to sort of expand the total revenue that they get from their clients, as opposed to, oh, we're going to try to build some market share, or I'm going to take my competitor out. And I think it's a, I think it can be a good way for a company to expand. We just don't see it very much. What do you think? Why do you think that is? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, from conversations I've had with with other organizations that have uh, been acquired, merged, received investment money um, with investment bankers, etc., it seems like the easiest path to an acquisition, whether you're being acquired or whether you're acquiring another organization, is a competitor. Uh, somebody that's pretty much in the same space. Chances are the the, the customers are somewhat similar, hopefully not too overlapping. The technology, the business process, all of that is is really similar. The less similar the two organizations are, the more strategic that acquisition is. Um, and those are typically the deals where you see larger valuations. Um, it could be a European job board coming into the US and buying a US job board. In that case, the market is very different. But if you get acquired by a direct competitor or they acquire you, the acquisition price is usually lower. Just the the value add isn't there. Mm -hmm. One of the things that really struck me about this deal was they I, I adore communities. Some of the some of the sites out there, like in my backyard where um where most of the year I am in, in Minneapolis, there's a fantastic um site called allnurses.com, basically built on a community of nurses. One of the things that just frequently came up in their message boards were, how do I find a new job? I'm looking, I'm in a hospital. I want to move over to a clinic. You know, does anybody have any recommendations? And so they kind of added on a job board um, to, to their product. In this case, this job board has gone and purchased a community. And, and if they're able to then leverage that devotion to that community, the, 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 the probably repeated uses, people going back over and over and over and over again, and then maybe every once in a while they're looking for a job or a new gig, um, then this is just going to be uh, a pathway to gold. Yeah, yeah, I, th I I agree, and you know there are a lot of unique things about the creative industry when you get into the way they hire and how people handle that sort of stuff. But the reality is, in every 
niche that I've worked in, there is always a, a tier of suppliers that um, the candidates would want to know about, would want to interact with, would want to use. Mm. You know, that's essentially what these guys did. They put the suppliers of, of the tools together with the candidates for the jobs that are going to get hired and then are going to need the tools. And yeah, so it's kind of interesting. Well, um, today we have a special guest from the United Kingdom, Dave Jenkins of Wave. I kind of like to think of Wave when I look at all the different things they do as sort of a Swiss army knife for any <laughs> company that's going to be out there doing recruiting because they seem to have a tool for just about everything. But um, Dave, welcome to Job Board Geek. Thank you. I think I've never been described as a, a Swiss army knife, but uh, I, I'll take that. Yeah, I like that. It's, uh, it's, it's accurate. Dave, I was just wondering if you could kind of give us some background about you and about Wave and how you got into recruiting and just sort of how you got started in all this. Yeah, it was a long time ago now, Jeff. It's uh, it, time, time goes way too quick because uh, when I was uh, thinking about it, I, I, I look back and yeah, it was uh, started in job, with job boards in 1998 um, wow. was my first uh, introduction to it. Um, so a while back uh, and then started Wave in 1999. And I think we were the first online ad agency uh, at that particular time. Uh, in the UK, maybe in Europe, I, I don't, I don't know. But we we worked with job boards or the job boards that were around then. Monster, Monster Board at the time it was called mm -hmm. before it uh, ditched the board. And Stepstone, the you know original um, Stepstone and JobSite and JobServe, JobSearch. You know, you kind of name it. Um, we worked with them. That was the the business. We were a, a, a media buyer for job boards, and no one really knew what job boards were at the time. And so that was that was half the fun trying to convince people to buy space on this this thing um, called Monster Board or whatever. And uh, you know, some people embraced it, and, and others didn't. But we've seen a few of the job boards come and go over the over the years. So it's it's been a lot of fun. That was then. Um, you know, 20, 20 years on, um, a lot of things have changed. But actually, a lot of the job boards. I don't know what you guys think, but you look at the job boards now that some of them still look like they're from the early 2000s. You know, the, mm -hmm. the format hasn't changed particularly. But today, Wave, as you say, we're we are a, a Swiss army knife when it comes for staffing agencies. We buy a lot of media. Um, we produce data on trends um, around what's happening on job boards, did a mm -hmm. lot of work over COVID, post-jobs, and, and we build sites for, for staffing businesses as well. So Swiss Army Knife is... Is, is pretty accurate. Well, I mean, that, one of the things that really struck me when I was going through your site, and I remember seeing this the first time I ever looked at it uh, several years ago, is just that you can kind of see how you have organically added things to your offerings in response to some of the changes that have happened in the in the industry. I mean, I, f I forget the name of the product, but one of your products essentially allows customers to post to multiple job boards from one platform, right? Yeah. And that, that was literally not an issue back when we started in the industry. So things have changed. Yeah. You, I mean, you the company has evolved um, from, from buying media um, to then having 
and, and really we've just been trying to solve problems for our for our clients and now that kind of comes down to three core products um wave tracker which you just mentioned um, is our posting technology and we built that in order to help clients post the right job to the right channel at the right time so we look at when candidates are active on job boards uh, and we give that advice to the client um, and when they should post their job and that was mostly in that was a reaction to a helping clients post multiple onto multiple boards in one go but also we wanted to improve the ROI for clients on job boards because they would you clients would say to us well job boards aren't they don't work anymore we don't get a response they're rubbish they're you know but actually when you look at the data and you look at the amount of candidates that go through these boards it cannot not work um so we wanted to help clients post more intelligently to 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 get the to to attract the talent that they're that they're looking for and then that kind of covers off the media buying business because we buy the media we post the job and then the the website building side just it was an organic evolution of 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 them saying can you build us a website and yeah sure we can build your website so it, it all comes back to trying to help our clients we talk about creating a world where talent is never missed and what that means is we want to make sure that all of those amazing candidates out there are found and the recruiters find them, um, obviously for the sake of the recruiter, but also for the candidate to, to, to have those access to those, those jobs that they could miss because the recruiter posted it at the wrong time. It's, it's an interesting view of the market. I wish that more people had that because it wanted to make sure that the talent is not missed implies that the talent is there. What I hear a lot of from employers, and, and I think it's mostly mistaken, not always, but mostly, is that nobody's out there. Nobody's looking for a job. There aren't any people out there who have the right skills, et cetera. I'm a much bigger believer in um, that there's a mismatch in the labor market mm-hmm. than, that there, than that there's a lack of labor. It's amazing. Yeah. You know, the US has this thing going on to a bit of a lesser extent, the UK, the great resignation, it's it's been called. It's amazing how employers that are paying $20 an hour are fully staffed, but those who are still paying $12 an hour are not for the same job. Yeah. And and that's not a function of a lack of labor. That's a function of the labor saying, if I'm going to spend 40 hours a week doing a job, I should get paid what I deserve. And if somebody's willing to pay me $20 an hour and somebody else is willing to pay me $12 an hour, well, guess where I'm going to end up? That person exists. Yeah. The $12 an hour employer is the problem. It's it's not the lack of labor. I had a question for you though, Dave, for the wave tracker product where you're distributing jobs to job boards. Um, if I'm a job board operator in uh, the UK or South Africa or Poland or Thailand or whatever, and I'm listening to the job board geek podcast because all good job boards do. Uh, so if I'm a job board operator, whether it's in the UK or in another country, and I'm like, oh, you know what? This is a, this is a, company, I need to reach out to Dave or his team because um, they're going to solve all my sales woes. I can just get a, you know, hooked up with them and get all these postings. Walk me through the realities of that. Um, What job, what kinds of job boards do you work with? Um, How do they get, how do they get into your system? How are you determining which ones to work with, uh, which ones, which ones you aren't? There's two answers to that question, I guess, depending on 
on whether or not there's a, um, a job board that wants to be on Wave Tracker and be uh, able to receive jobs. Um, and then the other avenue on that is if a client is wanting to buy space on this particular job board or, or, or they, there is a, a lack of skills that the client wants and their job board can facilitate that, facilitate those candidates. Um, either way, it starts with a, a conversation and a discussion around what that job board can offer. And if it's from a, from a, from a posting perspective, we're normally led by the client, but we'll look at the stats and the data and the client would um, make that call of, of whether or not they wanted to, to post. But from once it's in the system, we would then start monitoring applications. Um, and we tend to look at three core areas. Um, we look at applications from, from, uh, from a location perspective. Um, we look at it from an industry perspective and from a salary perspective. And so we do that against the job that's been posted. So if you're talking about the, the, this job board that's in the UK and clients are posting jobs and all the jobs that are based in, in Manchester are the ones getting applications, then that would feed our system. And when a, another client when, goes to post a job and they have a job in Manchester, then that job board would then be recommended as a, as a job board to use because it's, it's particularly strong in Manchester. So once we can start collecting the data, we can then see where they're good and when they're strong, and then we can make recommendations to clients to post more to it. So the first part is a little bit of a leap of faith, but after that, it's based on the results that are being produced. So if so, if the job board has a relationship with one of your employer clients and the employer client says to your team, hey, we want to post jobs one, two, and three to job board X, if they're already in your system, easy peasy. Um, if that yeah. job board's already, in your, but if the job board's not in your system, then your staff is going to have a look, see if technically the job board's able to receive your feed. And I would think from time to time, you're probably going to go back to your client and say, you know what, I understand why you think that this is a good job board for you, but we have data to show otherwise, um, or we already have a relationship with a with a board that that delivers those candidates better. You know, the volume is better, the quantity is better, the quality is better, whatever it may be. That's right. And, you know, to your point before, you know, the talent is out there and they reside on these boards, but it might not just be the talent that you're particularly looking for. Um, I mean, mm. location is less of an issue now, but you can have some really good talent based in one city, but actually you're recruiting in the other. It doesn't mean that that job board is no good. It just means that the current pool of, of traffic that they have got isn't matching what you're looking for. And we don't want people to waste money because then you have a poor experience and then it feeds this kind of, it's not, you know, it's not working. Well, I, th I think um, I have a sort of a different question for you because I feel like you've had this unique view of the job board industry. It's pretty different, I think, for most of the guests that we've had on Job Board Geek so far. Most of them were primarily associated with a single job board. But you, just by the nature of what you've done, you've had looks into all these different job boards uh, from several different directions. And you have, a, from what I can tell, a fairly intimate understanding of how job boards work since you've built some. So I'm kind of curious as to what you think is going on in the UK job board market in general or maybe job boards in general, and where do you think things are going? Yeah, I, I think, well, I mean, certainly job boards in the UK, from from what I can see, is, is different to the US, and you guys can, can shout me down. But actually, I think the UK is quite different 
in general from also main kind of mainland Europe in so much as we've always had four, five major players in the market. Whereas a lot of countries tend to have one or two. Certainly within mainland Europe, they will have one or two job boards and they will be the dominant, the dominant players. Whereas in the UK, we, we, we sort of worked across four or five and they all seem to trade places over the years. Um, yep. But the re- recruiters always had a lot of options, which is obviously good. Um, we also have niche boards as well. So, you know, you were talking earlier, um, you know, they're pretty uh, big here uh, as well. But I think one of the key challenges at times in the UK is that there's lots of different types of businesses here. You've got your, your in-house recruiter, um, employer, but then you also have your staffing agencies, you have your search firms, you've got RPO businesses, you've got resellers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, then you've got a whole kind of hybrid business that sits somewhere in between those. And the biggest, one of the biggest challenges for job boards has been the price uh, differentiation between your employer and your staffing agency. And there's a big difference between between the two. You're talking hundreds of pounds for a single post. And I think that's something that's that's going to change. And I, I can't see that it's going to be sustainable for the future, especially given the you know the candidates shortages that we're having here is is making that quite difficult for some certainly your your traditional duration based paper post job boards you know i can see some changes happening there you know i think covid is is is, is accelerated some some changes i think we're going to see them in the next 18 months or so two years i don't know um time scales are difficult to predict aren't they sometimes but right Right. Yeah, selling selling to a staffing company is very different than selling to a direct employer, and that's very different than selling through an advertising agency. The, the people that you're dealing with and the organizations you're dealing with, they have really different motivations. And uh, I think a, I think a lot of newer job boards that might have success selling to a few staffing companies um, might underestimate how difficult it is to then start selling the same product through a different channel like an ad agency. It's really a very different sale. It is. And and I think the, one of the key challenges is when you're talking prices and you're talking 10, 15 pounds per job, if you happen to trade as a staffing business, but if you are a, um, an, a firm of accountants and you want to buy that same job, then you're quoted 200 pounds. That's quite a that's quite a difference between uh, between the two. And it's not something that long-term is sustainable but you've got a whole industry based on people that are used to paying 10, 15 pounds per job. So it's not sustainable, but at the same time, you've got a whole industry that is used to, you know, they set their businesses up based on that, that sort of budget. So I'm, I'm kind of curious, Dave, um, when I've talked to my UK clients, one of the things that seems to befuddle most of them is programmatic. And I feel like over in the US, we've been immersed in programmatic, whether we wanted to be or not, um, for the last several years. My impression is that it's not as much of a force at this point in time in the UK. Is that accurate? or I think the, the, there's lots of talk of it. It gets talked about all the time. Uh, I think it got sold in as a as which the main sell for programmatic, if rightly or wrongly, that has been adopted in the UK, I think is inaccurate because it was sort of promoted as saving you money. 
um, mm-hmm. and your job ads won't cost you as much as as they as they do now. But the reality is, I found is that the price is the same broadly speaking when it comes to delivering ads or paying for ads on a programmatic and paying for them on a performance base. Obviously, programmatic as a as a technology exists and has existed, you know, within our job boards for a long time. But most people are paying for the the performance of programmatic. The the one of the biggest barriers that we've had is the setup, the complex nature of the setup. The theory is amazing, and you know, if you listen to the sales pitches of the of the performance programmatic guys, it is you know mesmerizing right up until the point that you try and implement it. And as a as a media buyer, you have to talk to your your client and you have to start asking them to put tracking pixels and tags on their website and you know they turn around and say dave i don't even know who looks after my website because it's 10 years old and the guys that built it went bust (laughs) i don't even know um so i don't even know what you're talking about this piece of code and then you're you you know you're asking them to provide xml feeds and and what happens is the, the 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 polish of the cell in the first place gets you know, worn off pretty quick and the client turns around and says, Do you know what, forget about it. I'm just going to go back to to my, my paper post job board because I phone them up and I say I want a thousand or a hundred jobs and they say it's going to cost me X. I sign up and an hour later they send me a username and a password. I log in and I'm posting my jobs and I don't have to worry about anything else. And so that's been a major hurdle uh, and the real obstructing issue that the that is had from a retail perspective that is you know trying to sell those to end clients from a job board perspective then you know they are the job boards themselves use either the aggregators and, and use the technology to drive traffic to their own site but from a um, direct to client that's been the major technology the setup the technology technology or the technical requirements has been the, the big issue and then once they are set up the the idea that it's going to save them some money that doesn't quite work out um mm-hmm. and so the novelty wears off for me I'm a, I'm a believer in it i think that the theory is amazing and i think we'll see a lot more job boards embrace it at, and I don't think clients particularly care how they pay for their posting. That what they want to know is they, they want to post a, a good ad and they want a good candidate. And if they're paying per click or they're paying per post, as long as it's broadly the same. I mean, it, in fact, I think they'll pay more for good candidates. So I think it, it's not so much this whole kind of performance versus duration or programmatic versus, you know, um, a manual uh, manual upload or whatever. I think it's more around the quality of the delivery of the candidate. That's the key thing. I share your opinion. At, at, at College Recruiter, um, for the last four or five years, we've had a pretty hybrid um, business model. And what we're seeing is very much what you're seeing. We have employer customers that post to us on a traditional duration basis. We have employer customers that post to us on a non-programmatic, but performance-based. Here's a thousand jobs, 50 cents a job, run all of them. And here's a budget of 5,000 bucks a month, you know, whatever it might be. Um, and then we also have customers that approach to us performance-based and programmatically. Um, and that's definitely a much more complicated um, setup. I think Monday or Tuesday um, through an ad agency, we were told no to a programmatic campaign. We, we lost the business. Um, the, 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 our proposal was declined. And just before we started to get onto this um, recording today, 
that same ad agency for the same client for the same need has come back and it's like, hey, can we post these jobs the same, the same jobs, but just do it on a traditional duration basis? They're going to end up spending um, about 20% more to do that. They'll probably get the same results, but we'll be delivering traffic to them probably Tuesday instead of maybe a week, week and a half from now. From the, the talent acquisition person, it's like, I don't really, I, what I need is hires. How you get me there, don't take me on a tour of the sausage factory. I just want to buy the sausage. Yep, that sounds about right. Um, well, listen, Dave, I really appreciate you coming on, and I hope you had a positive job board geek experience. Um, I've had a great time. Time flies. <laughs> yeah, time does fly. If people want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Uh, well, you can find me on LinkedIn, Dave Jenkins. Um, you can visit our website, which is wave-rs.co.uk. You know, hopefully one of those two avenues will, uh, will, will lead you through to me. And if you don't have any uh, a joy with that, then um, ask Jeff and I'm sure he'll um, send, uh, send you my way as well. But uh, yeah, no, do for, get for a very small fee. For a, of course. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, great. Well, thanks for coming on. Um, <laughs> Thank you for having me. And Stephen, uh, how do people get a hold of you if they want to? Yeah, um, just join Dave and me at the pub down the street. Um, we'll be both being enjoying a pint, uh, maybe a snake bite, although some bartenders won't pour them for me. Don't know why that would be. And uh, But in all seriousness, uh, shoot me an email, Stephen at collegerecruiter.com. Great. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks, Dave. And that's it for today's episode of Job Board Geek. You're listening to the podcast about the business of connecting candidates and employers. Be sure to subscribe to us if you want via an RSS feed, Apple, iTunes, uh, Google, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, et cetera, et cetera. There's a whole ton of them. I'm Jeff Dickey Chasen, the Job Board Doctor. And that's it for today. We'll see you next time around. Thanks. Bye.